0: Woo! <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Roundtable Consult, where we discuss political and social issues that matter to you from a spiritual, medical, and legal perspective. Join the conversation with your host, Attorney Sonya Madison and Dr. Mark Williams. Welcome to the Roundtable Consult. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Williams, and I'm joined happily by my co-host, Attorney Sonya Madison. Sonya how are you doing?
1: Uh, it's, it's all right over here. Fall has definitely made it. An-
0: Falling. <laughs> right. all has fallen <laughs> yes.
1: so i brought this actually a little heater out even though i haven't turned on any heat but it, it's it's cooling up around here how you doing over there Ooh.
0: oh man i did the same thing yesterday they must have had me freezing in the operating room it was 62 degrees i said this is ridiculous <laughs> i try not to complain too much but 62 degrees in the op i, I can't operate like that i'm shivering <laughs> and so i complained about it and they turned it Turned it up. It went from 62.9 to 62.8. We can't do this. And so by the time I got finished with the with the uh surgery, it was 63.1. So oh yeah, they did turn it up some. <laughs> so but I got to the office. I got to the office, and in my office, in my office is usually the coldest one. I've got a vent sitting right over overhead too, and it just blows the cold air directly on me. And so I turned on the on a heater Doris walked into the office she's like it's like a sauna in here I was like I have to fall out <laughs> it's ridiculous but nah at least it gets warmer at least during the daytime so uh it starts out in the morning pretty chill chilly and then uh gets a little bit warmer during the day I'm and still
1: shouldn't be complaining I mean it is seasons changing <laughs>
0: Just, I don't <laughs> want the seasons to change. I want them to be the same all year round. You know, it's good reason why we're having this conversation today because it's what I want. Is what I want. This is what I want. 85 degree 85 year round I'd be happy with. 85, 87 really really I just like 87. See, I like to,
1: I like to wear winter clothes every now and then. So I I need a I need some cool air every now and then. Not not for as long as summer, but but I don't need it to not exist. What you trying to hide? What you trying to cover up? <laughs> you know, crazy story, which I know we'll, we'll have to probably talk more next weekend. But I, I went to a comedy show uh, two weeks ago and I wore a trench coat. And the, one of the comedians that was open mic decided to look at my trench coat and made a whole joke about, hey, if you did a girl who wears a trench coat, you know. <laughs> and the small beans, of course, everyone that looks at me. <laughs> oh, why. Wow.
0: All right. <laughs> well, that's all right. You used to being the butt of jokes, so.
1: <laughs> hey, we, we are surrounded by insecure people. You go ahead and take that hit, right?
0: Yeah, how about that? How, you know, <laughs> speaking of insecure people, I was reading, I, I came across a story talking about how young men, I think something like 64% of men under 30 or between the ages of 20 and 35 or something like that are single. And aren't dating anybody. And a, and a large percentage of them are actually not actively looking to engage in romantic relationships. And they were saying that artificial intelligence is now creating these women who will look the way that they want them to look. You can adjust their body size, their breast size, their their rear end size. And you know, they can you can give them whatever kind of accent they want to have, they can be whatever ethnicity. They can, and they'll say whatever you want them to say. I mean, they'll they'll develop and learn what your personalities are, what you like, what you dislike. If you want them to send them a picture, they'll send you a picture instantly. And they're saying that these young men, there's, it's an exis, exis, existential threat to young men right now because men are withdrawing from social interactions and and dating relationships and now are resorting to these artificial intelligence which eventually they'll the next logical step is to make a body for this AI person and then you know you even have a companion that you created um so women better step their games up though
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna I was gonna say I remember when IVF and sperm donation became a thing and that was what men were afraid of was well now a woman can pretty much pick out the characteristics that she wants to have in her child and then, you know, artificially inseminate that without the need of a man. And so, and so I mean, yeah. who's losing guess, out
0: here? You know? Turnabout's about, turn fair you play, us. I guess. You still need <laughs> to
1: create life. So,
0: <laughs> but it was a scary thought when you start thinking about that that many men are actually withdrawn from social interactions. No wonder you're still single. There's no man out there trying to, uh, you know, engage in relationships with with real women when they can get an artificial intelligence one, who never argues with them, who never fuss backs, you know, who never. And
1: if that's what what men want, then, hey, women, you are better off because they (laughs) they tend to do not want your mind. (laughs) It's your body.
0: (laughs) We want your mind. We just want your mind controlled in a certain kind of way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and even your mind is fine. Even your mind is fine if your mouth is controlled too. I'm just kidding. I'm saying, I, folks, I am not chauvinistic. I'm not misogynistic like this. I'm, I'm just, just joking. These the are jokes. The of- <laughs> <laughs> These are just jokes. Do not come back and you know report me to any EEOC or any other type of you know hate mail and generate social media to come after me cancel <laughs> dr mark <you> know?
1: <laughs> oh, they needed uh their attention taken away from henry blackburn you remember the um um colorado player that knocked out or had a late hit and i and some
0: mm-hmm.
1: will try to argue oh it was he just didn't realize the play was over no he knew what he was doing it was a late hit <laughs> and it ended up taking out one of the um Colorado players that you you know Dion has pretty much taken college football to another level with um, with this team that he's coaching.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's and of course it does nothing but feeds his ego though too. But it's okay, it's all right. You know, I mean, you know, if you want to, if if you want him to say who the best coach is, you got to give him a mirror. So at least that's what he says. That's
1: what he says. So is that good or bad to have to that have that level of confidence, or is that arrogance?
0: <laughs> it's probably some level of arrogance, and uh, you know, I and we need a level of arrogance in order to accomplish uh, great things. You have to at least be able to believe in yourself, and that's one of the reasons why I think these men are not dating and they're withdrawing from social interactions is that they lack they lack self confidence, and they're saying that women are just much more difficult to approach now. And, and I'm not sure what makes it more difficult to approach a woman these days. And so they're saying now women are actually finding themselves dating older men, men who not necessarily in their own generation because they feel their biological clocks are ticking. And they're like, these young guys over here, they won't even come up and say anything to me. So maybe maybe women need to start being a little bit more approachable, maybe they need to start approaching.
1: What does David mean? being more approachable. There are so many means by which a man can introduce himself. I mean, you don't even have to walk up to me anymore. <laughs> like, I, when I went to just Chicago- hold a
0: sign up, <laughs> I'd <laughs> like to meet you.
1: <laughs> when I went to Chicago, I had a guy tell me, "You know, here's my so here's my Instagram. You like, why don't you just DM me?" that that is the line now <laughs> don't even ask for my phone number just dm me you know and so there's so many means by which men can approach women um using social media that i don't buy that excuse but also to say that oh you're not approachable what you're basically saying hey you want me to approach you so that then you're okay carrying on a subsequent
0: conversation i mean is there a-, a problem with is there a problem with a woman approaching a man
1: there's no problem with that, but the problem is you waiting for me to approach you. <laughs>
0: That's but, the problem. Why is that a problem? Women wait for men to approach them.
1: Some women do, some don't. I mean, to me, you do what...
0: In general.
1: But In general, you do what you should feel compelled to do. Now, if you want to walk up to a guy, there's nothing wrong with that. But now, if a guy wants to talk to you, but doesn't feel comfortable doing so, I mean... To me, you as the older generation of men, do you not tell younger generation that is not a valid reason not to go say hi? Just because no, of course
0: of not. We're time you got to work on your game, you got to get your game <laughs> exactly. Up, man. So, so, no mean, game. <laughs> I
1: mean, that's the problem is you not wanting to do it out of fear. I mean, the yeah. worst that could happen is she says no, and does that then ruin your whole day? Possibly. It should
0: possibly but but we're in an age where you know where appearances matter and so many things people do put stuff on social media and blast people out and and uh can really destroy reputations lives uh mental stability a whole bunch of things on social media and so people have a much bigger voice now than they did in the past and so yeah it can be broadcast a little bit more this joke could come up and talk to me this way This is what he said, and he found (laughs) out it's you. It's gone viral. So, (laughs) (laughs) but again, if
1: you have a level of self confidence, you you should not be worried about. What other people think, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what social media is created. It made us all think about what other people think, because every time you post something, you go back in and you look how many likes did I get, how many shares did I get. Am I going viral? And if I don't get enough likes, then I'm not worthy. I'm not desirable. I'm not. I'm not worth anything. So well,
1: we I don't, think definitely don't want that lesson though being once taught. And so you know, if anything, that should then encourage us to encourage young people to go out more. Because that's not, to me, you should use social media, not let social media use you.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
1: perhaps is the lesson that we're not teaching this younger generation.
0: Yeah. So then the other question that comes up this week is, should the police be using social media to monitor things? I think in uh, Philadelphia, there was this whole um, riot about that broke out where people are targeting stores to go in and loot from them. And they're coordinating in our know, social media uh, platforms and they're saying okay we're going to go quote unquote shopping at this store at this time and there was one lady who was helping to coordinate a lot of these things, and live stream the, the thefts as well. And um, it was interesting to me because you know, it sparked this whole debate about whether or not the police should be able to monitor social media for potential outbreaks and what are some of the civil liberties um threats that come about as a result of that. And you know, I think there are serious concerns available, but I'm I'm of the mindset, and I'm I'm gonna say this from a Christian standpoint. I, you know, I don't necessarily believe that our Christianity grants us civil liberties. Our um Citizenship does, but our citizenship in the United States grants us those liberties. But at some point, those liberties become a stumbling block for other people. And I don't think that everything should be said, this freedom of speech piece. Uh, I think the only reason that exists is because people underestimate the power of speech. And the power of being able to give somebody a megaphone. Because once you can give these people that type of a platform, they can rally a bunch of other people together and do some pretty heinous things like they did. I think Philadelphia is where it was.
1: I was gonna say Donald Trump is the epitome of the
0: <laughs> of giving
1: someone a mic. But you yeah. know, <laughs> even if even in reading um former President Obama's book, he does a lot of talking about the power of social media and how had he known the levels that it would have morphed into where it is now, he may have not used it to the degree that he did when he ran his campaign because it it's what really propelled him and got galvanized a lot of young people to vote was the use of social media. I will say, as it relates to the police, I have no issue with using social media to either verify or or investigate. A crime. But it's interesting that you ask that because recently, I, I, I think I followed the aid, the Atlanta Police Department or someone that I follow follows them. So I get a lot of alerts from the mm-hmm. Atlanta Police Department. And they show these mugshots of people that they're looking for in order to get the, the public to help. And I mean, it sounds innocent enough, but when the mugshots are all Black people I, it, it, to me, it then becomes a little dangerous. And I do, I, I can't remember what news source it was, but there have been some complaints from particularly Black people, but minorities in general, about how news of that nature is presented to the public because it does present a bias as it relates to certain racial groups. And so, under that frame, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like how the APD is used in this Twitter account to broadcast all the people that they're looking for um, in terms of suspects in, in various crimes.
0: Yeah. There's no good solution to it. The reason why is because all these things are implemented. first of all, they're devised by and implemented by humans, humans who are fallible, who are self-centered and who have their own agendas, who have their own initiatives and those things morph into self-serving um, uh motives and self-serving initiatives. And unfortunately, that's the that's the nature of humans, though. I don't know that you can avoid that. Because every good plan that starts out honorable and it starts out with very laudable intentions eventually get polluted by human influence and human desire, human aspiration.
1: Thank you, Adam and Eve, right? So then <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mostly Eve. Thank you, Eve.
1: Oh, yeah. We should yeah. you know, that the hate was coming because my <laughs> man becomes uh, lack social skills. <laughs>
0: That's probably it, it stop him from eating that forbidden fruit. I guarantee that much at least.
1: <laughs> but but now, you know, in terms of our topic uh, I do, I do think there is a little bit of selfishness in everything that we do. I don't care if you're saying, hey, I'm feeding the poor because it makes me feel good. I find that's just then your level of selfishness as to what motivates you to feed the poor. But again, I guess, where does the line go where, again, your, your level of confidence becomes arrogant? Because I, I do think you should have a level of confidence. I don't know if you should be arrogant about it, though. And I know a lot of people may try to argue that, coach prime or Deion sanders is more arrogant than confident i put him more of the confident just because he really does focus on hey i gotta make sure they work hard and also this is benefiting something bigger than me so I, when I, I don't I know think the difference thing.
0: for me the difference between confidence and arrogance is i me and my uh, you can be confident without self-promotion You can be confident and know and you can produce and you can do everything without promoting yourself. But when you start promoting yourself as the greatest, then that becomes arrogance to me. It's it's, then it's all about, it's not about what I can do to help somebody else. It's not about what I can do to bring, um, you know, excitement to this new team that I'm coaching and bring some wins to the season. It's about how I can elevate myself and, and create a, you know, a following and a and a buzz around how great I am, and I think that's where the arrogance comes in, is when you start adding too much of the me, my, and I in it.
1: Well, and I don't think that's what Dion is doing. I guess why I say I don't think he crosses that line because I really think he is trying to elevate the players in the program um more so than than himself. Because he, I feel like he's like I don't need to go any higher. I've already amassed. So why did he, he leave Jackson?
0: <laughs> why did he leave Jackson? Why did he leave Jackson then?
1: I really believe and again, and I know he's not going to comment because I. But I think I was watching the sixty Minutes, and they pretty much said he dodged that whole issue about leaving Jackson. I just think it, he did because it, the legacy was about his family, and he wanted to be able to create something bigger within his family that they can all, I guess, be a part of, grow and mass together.
0: Me, my, and I.
1: That's so not a family. Fine out that is my be
0: family. My, my, my family. It's my family. And, it's not, it, it,
1: but, that, but that's but again, the family still has to also, and I and that's why I'm saying I'm not mad at that because again, you're talking about a family. You're not talking about elevating yourself. You're you're talking about making sure you're growing your family or expanding the wealth of your family.
0: I'm not why? gonna be mad at that. Why does it have to be your family? Why 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 is it your but family? But to me, I when mean... you
1: it's kind of like when you're sitting in on the um the plane and they say you got to mask yourself first. Before you can really help someone else, I think you need to make sure that your your stuff is good first. And to me, when you
0: start
1: start with the family, it intuitively grows, which we are seeing when it comes to what Deion is doing. When you start with the family, everyone wants to get on board. You got Warren Sapp now wanting to be part of the coordinator. You got Jay-Z and every rapper and businessman known (laughs) trying to fly to Boulder and do (laughs) motivational speeches for these players it it grows beyond that, but now I will say when when Jesus said, "Hey, I am the Son of God," and of course the Pharisees everyone called him blasphemous. Would you call that arrogance or would you call that confidence?
0: That was more confidence. It was he was just declaring, making a statement about who he was and where he came from. I mean, but when Pilate, but, <laughs> but, but when Pilate asked him, he says, "They say that you're the King of the Jews." What did he say? He said, "That's what you say." He was saying, "I'm not elevating myself," and in fact, Jesus was hidden when when his mother came and asked him to perform a miracle at the at the at the uh, at the wedding. He said, "Woman, my time is not yet to be revealed. I'm not I'm not waiting to show myself." And often, when he would perform miracles, he would then go off by himself. Afterwards, and not bask in the glory of all of that which he had had accomplished. Always
1: point off moments. I mean, I don't doubt that when Dion is on the football practice field, that it is about, hey, I need y'all running these drills. Hey, I need y'all doing this and this and this. I mean, I'm sure we can always pick a point moments in people's lives where they are not as arrogant as others. I could, we probably even say that with Donald Trump. I'm sure we could pick part moments in his life. I
0: don't
1: know, but, but, uh, but again, like, but we, we cannot deny that what people were back then were crucifying him for is because they claimed he was professing himself to be again, the son of God. And and we do know that the, that that he did profess himself to be that. Now of course we say oh those are just facts. <laughs> he was trying to save us. So it is to make that profession. He needed us to come to him so that we can have salvation. But now if other people say hey you know I'm the person the way the truth and the life to for your eternal life, we're gonna be like take your air get behind out of here. <laughs> you are not <laughs> you are not my source of salvation.
0: Yeah, but if Jesus hadn't amounted as much popularity as he did, he could have claimed to be whoever, the son of God, then they probably would not have given him much focus. So the reason was why they wanted to crucify him wasn't necessarily just because he was professing to be the son of God. They wanted to crucify him because he was getting now the popularity, popularity that was going to translate into influence and political influence. And they didn't want him to have that type of political influence. They wanted to maintain the power. Then again, for themselves, their selfish motivations, and uh, and he was a, amounting that level of popularity without promoting himself, just going about doing the work of his Call father, father was enough to bring about
1: promotion. Now, I mean, let's be honest here: calling yourself that's, the son of God is self promotion. Now, it's the good of our salvation, but we still identification.
0: Have to fade to fade. It's identification. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, the Bible says that he groaned within himself and then he said out loud, he said, thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. And they said that he said this so that all those people around would know that it was God who did it and not he himself. And so Jesus was always very careful not to take on the credit or the benefit, I mean, the, the 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 credit or the glory for performing miracles. It was always redirected back to what God had ordained him to do. And other than saying, hey, announcing I am the fulfillment of scripture, which is a pretty, you know, when you say I am the fulfillment of scripture, okay. that is that's, that can easily seem very arrogant. But that was just a statement of a fact that he actually had to do. But he always promoted God over himself.
1: Well, so again, I'm just saying, hey, does that cross the line to arrogance? So that's, that's all I'm saying is, that, <laughs> does it cross the line? I think I was and, and again, I'm not saying again that it wasn't necessary. And maybe that's part of the equation is, okay, what is your reason for your self promotion? Um, But nonetheless, you still got to acknowledge that there was some self-promotion there. Was that arrogant or was that justified?
0: Hmm. I don't know. We have a viewer who says that Dion was removed to stifle the possibility of a mass Black exodus of top D1 football players to HBCUs.
1: He said Dion was said, removed. I mean, yeah, he
0: said it was removed. It was an interesting perspective choice, there, but not,
1: I mean, it was his
0: choice, <laughs> right? I, I was like, well, that's an interesting perspective to be removed for that. though, But I don't know what he was with the. Maybe he want to elaborate a little bit further on that one. Uh, <laughs> but the the point, I guess, the arrogance part of it. You know, I mean, yeah, you can have a level of arrogance, but eventually, arrogance becomes toxic. Um, here's the deal. I One of the things that I like quoting one of my other proverbial docs is that uh, glory um, is intended to be reflected, which means that if some light is shined on you, then it's intended to be reflected off of you and directed back toward, in, in, in most cases, God and or what God is allowing you to do. But you can reflect that glory back on other people who have helped you to accomplish what you did because glory ingested is toxic. And I say it becomes toxic because you then become full of yourself and you become much more selfish. You become much more self-centered and everything that you do then becomes around you. So glory is intended to be reflected and not ingested. When it's injected, it becomes toxic. Hmm. I believe at least. (laughs) Like what you talking about? I take glory in all the time.
1: (laughs) Hold a obviously as Christians we we again back to your earlier points as it relates to Jesus we have to acknowledge that anything good that either we receive or that people see in us is not us right mm. um, and so that then removes whatever glory you feel like you're warranted by humbling yourself to recognize that that glory is not something you deserved or something that you created.
0: But we, we see a lot of that in politics, though, even um, because er, basically people always say, you know, I'm doing those things that um, that my constituents want. But the reality of it is, is that you have to <clears throat> a lot of these people get in those positions and they they do a lot of um, gesturing in order to or posturing in order to gain attention for themselves. Matt Gates, for example, with what he's doing right now with that, with the House Republicans and, you know, they're trying to now pass the bill to, um, you know, fund the government, like is their most basic function right now. They're supposed to be funding the government. And we're about to shut down here in probably, you know, 14 hours or so if they don't reach a deal. I think another deal that they had on the floor last night sort of failed because he was able to most most of the the biggest ringleader in this case is going to be Matt Gates and his crew of people, MAGA mania and (laughs) mega maniacs uh (laughs) who are now you know basically saying okay let the let the government go go um go go what do you call it shut down let the government shut down marjorie taylor green you're from your state made the comment she said most (laughs) people don't my district yes my state (laughs) But she said most people in America probably don't even, you know, won't be impacted or don't care if the government shuts down. I'm like, are you serious? What world are you living in? There's a lot of people who depend on government funding. But what happens, the only thing that allows you to be able to say something like that and to do things like that is your self-centeredness. You're like, well, it's not going to impact me, mine, or ours. It's going to impact them and theirs. And so as long as them and they are infected by it and not me and mine, then I'm okay with it. That's a problem. I think that's pretty pervasive in our society.
1: Well, and I want to make sure people understand um, when, when the government shut down, there are groups of people who not only will not get paid, but also will not get back pay. So when you're talking about, and I, and I believe the OBM, which I believe is the office of, of budget and management, their communications director spoke at one of the white house press conferences and says, Hey, listen, The person that's cleaning out my trash, they're not going to get paid. Period. Now you, you guys are talking are getting paid, and Kevin McCarthy talking about, well, I will forego my salary. No, but one, you're still getting paid. (laughs) You're not the ones that misses out. And even if you forego what you're doing and say, I'm going to place a hold on it. And as soon as we reopen, you're going to recoup whatever you did not get during the time there was hold. But that does not apply across the board. Because again, when you're talking about a janitor, you talk about people who are paid by the hour that you work. If you don't work, you don't get paid. And so to be so selfish to say that, well, you know, I won't feel it. So it's just the government shutting down. But don't worry, everyone works for private companies and y'all should be okay. That is a level of selfishness that is not even arrogant. That's just straight, <laughs> selfish, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even you know so the word. Good. Like, it, it's just the evilness to it. I mean, come on.
0: But there are a lot of people who will still have to work and won't get paid. A lot of these, I think they were saying like 2 million um service people people who are working in the military will likely not get paid but they still have to show up they still have to defend the country they show if they refuse to show up then they get potentially get court-martialed i'm i don't know i'm just speculating i think if you're required if you're enlisted in the military you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there you can't say well I'm not getting paid for, so I'm not showing up. I can do that in the private sector. Right. But even in the private in, sector, military.
1: if you're a salaried worker, you know, I mean, yeah, your salary is your salary. And so that's why I'm saying even those people that still have to work, they will get their back pay. Now, depending on how long with the shutdown, yeah, they may not be able to wait for that. <laughs> that's a long and perhaps there'll be some heat on it but I this approach but I it reminds me when Donald Trump took office and within his first year or two we were talking about a potential shutdown and he took the same position that Madri took oh it's no big deal in fact I'm definitely going to shut it down like it, it was a hooray or a parade for the shutdown and it it is baffles again me because you st- you do have this level of i guess distrust that now has morphed into hey now i just want the the government to be blown up you know this yeah.
0: <laughs> because if it's not working for me It don't need to work for anybody else. You know, we can just blow it up until it begins to work for me. And and there's a lot of people who have that that, uh, philosophy. People who who charged uh, the Capitol on January 6th, it's not working for me. So I need to tear it down. And so I'm like, where do people get this stuff from? It's so it doesn't always somebody. have to be about you. I'm
1: like, government is always working for you. You just don't like that it's working for someone else too.
0: <laughs> <I> and <mean,
1: laughs> I, I think that's where the problem is, is no, I don't like that this group of people are getting rights. Okay, but that is not taking away the rights that you have. But no, But you're just so stuck on a group of people getting rights that now you want to overthrow the government.
0: That's crazy. Uh, but you know there's something to be said about and and you know and this is probably going to be misquoted for me someplace or another uh something to be said about dictatorships is because you don't have to worry about what other people think you don't have to you don't have to uh be selfless in some of your aspirations when you're a dictator you say like look this is what i think is best this is what we're going to do we'll move ahead kim jong-un starves people why Because he thinks that it's necessary in order to be able to build his military might. It's like, listen, all the money that we're getting right now, we're not not going toward any type of social programs or you get fed the best way you can get fed. And right now we need to build our military might. You can make those type of decisions when you're a dictator. But when you're in a democracy or a constitutional republic, however you choose to call the United States, you don't get to make those type of decisions, the ones that are just on you. You have to consider the impact that your decisions have on other people. And some people just don't like that. And you see a lot of people, Donald Trump, don't like the fact that he has to consider the impact that his his decisions have on other people. He Apparently, Margaret Tellegrin does it.
1: When he has considered the investors, when he tell a lago is worth one point two billion? <laughs> when it's actually worth like twenty four million. <laughs>
0: well, well, we'll, well, that level of selfishness is coming back to haunt him. We'll see what happens after that. So. <laughs> but it's funny but, that
1: you say that because I, I think what it, what seems to be one of the things that's hung up on on this shutdown is Ukraine, and that it seems like a group of people do not want any more money going to Ukraine. And we've had the president of Ukraine come down here, have us sit down with, with our President Biden, uh, have our White House emphasize the importance of it, even though they told him, hey, don't go to the congressional hearings. <laughs> just, just let us handle that. But if it comes down to supporting Ukraine, which we both agree, you know, to, to some degree, the reason why people don't want any money going there is, is for selfish reasons. Um, then, you know, we may be in this shutdown longer than necessary. Because, yes, I mean, I think ultimately they know they need to fund Ukraine. I think ultimately they know that, hey, if we allow Russia to expand its territory, I mean, this is like, again, back to World War II, we can't allow Germany going around expanding all of Europe. If you allow Russia to expand its territory, that dictatorship will continue to spread and ultimately affect everyone as it relates to the economy, as it relates to military, as it relates to so many foreign affairs. But instead of acknowledging and, and saying that, you want to placate people's desires to only keep money in the U.S. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: and thereby use that to keep, again, funding shut down.
0: You know, I mean, you're talking about that makes me think of two aspects or one of the biggest um, problems with selfishness is that, it's really short-sighted you know a lot of times when you are selfish you can only see beyond the right now the immediate impact of what something's going to happen in order for you to look further I wonder if you can convince a person who is selfish to look further down the road at some of the potential consequences exploiting their selfishness what do I mean by that I'm saying so well, people don't want money going to Ukraine right now because they're like, we need money here at home. You know, we got people who are starving here and we're spending all these billions and tens of billions of dollars over to fight a war over it, in, in, you know, in a European country or or in Europe. What, what about the people who we need here at home? We're sending all that money and then you tell me that I can't even afford to pay daycare or something like that. Give that money to us. Uh, but if you can give it to them, why are you giving it to, why, why can't you give it to us? And so the short side of that is uh, is what motivates, the short-sightedness motivates that type of perspective. Long term, you have to start thinking like, well, what happens when um, not just Russia expanding its territory, but also, you know, uh, Ukraine is filled with, uh, is one of the richest lands for grains and things around the world the grains that they export have world impact. Um, And so what happens when Russia gets a hold of that and they no longer say, okay, well, you know how United States been putting sanctions on us? Anybody who doesn't comply with what we do and what we want, we'll put sanctions on them. We'll withhold the grains. We'll withhold food from them. And then he has the power then to uh, initiate world chaos to some extent. And that's what all of these things are basically Uh, coming together to create is world chaos. And um, just, I don't think people don't look far enough down the road when they are caught up in their own selfishness. But if you can say, hey, look, in the long run, you'll benefit from it. Will that be persuasive or not? No, because they want the immediate benefit right now. And I don't know if selfishness can have a deferred gratification or not.
1: I don't know either because I mean again to your point, to in order to get through to a selfish person is you got to cater to their selfish tendencies. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> I mean, it's in your best interest. Trust right. me, <laughs> I'll be dead by the time that happens, so it won't matter. <laughs> what I care about my children and grandchildren. Whatever, <laughs> they'll figure it out too.
1: And, and if people had any, I guess appreciation of history they would study it more so they could realize hey, we're not doing anything that countries weren't doing back then and we saw what happened when they were doing it then and this is why we're trying to put in mechanisms so it doesn't repeat itself but as you said if, if history is not important to people anymore and if it's all about what i can get right now and without having to put in much work then here we are. But I also, one of the things that, because I have to do a lot of trainings with my position, I usually start off with the liabilities because, I mean, again, to your point, and, and, and in general, we all have a selfish tendency. We are all motivated by something in us that we either want to see long term or we want to acknowledge about ourselves or we want to think of ourselves. So if we want to consider ourselves a nice person, then you go volunteer. If you want to consider yourself a Christian, then you study your Bible. I mean, there's, there's a, a selfish motive for a lot of things or for most of the things that we do. Um, but, but even in that, again, going back to that original point, if you don't recognize that, hey, listen, once again, there's nothing that you're doing that's new. You do need to do some study. You do need to figure out the long-term benefit. If I start by telling you the liabilities, telling you how much money you can lose, even though you've got 10 days of a million dollars, you're going to have 10 years of negative zero. I think that that has been sufficient to help people understand that, hey, this is going to cost me more than the gain that I received. And I really feel like that's the way you got to come at it. You got to show them how much they'll lose versus focusing on how much they may gain.
0: Hmm. I don't no, Jesus said if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, <laughs> now that's the thing that I that gets me is that you know, everybody wants to be Christian, but nobody wants to deny themselves. And you cannot necessarily follow after Christ if you refuse to deny yourself. Deny myself of what? Deny yourself of a whole bunch of things of self, of, of, of whatever those things are that really make you happy. I mean, that, that you really desire that you want, you know, whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's gratification of the flesh in any way, shape or form. And usually, huh? Money. Money. I was about to say, and it usually eventually comes down to money, you know, (laughs) because it's the root of all, of, of all the evil. And we just can't get to the point where we deny ourselves. And I thought I was, when Donald Trump came out with this whole America First policy thing, I said, that will be contagious. People will jump right on board with it because we're in a world where people, all they do is they take selfies here or there. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. And it's all about me. I've got a friend who, everywhere we go, anytime, anywhere he goes, he's just always snapping a selfie. I'm like, why are you taking a picture of yourself? You know, what? Not just a picture, but you've just taken like twenty <laughs> pictures. And <laughs> why do you you ain't that cute? <laughs> no, <trying to> <laughs> right. nah, I'm like, but why? Just so that you can have all these pictures of you in your phone. Why? What's the purpose? And it's not it's not to discredit him, but it's the society that we're living in right now. It's this whole me first mentality, and I knew that an America first meant, uh, mantra would certainly resonate with a bunch of selfish Americans. And the point is, and you can't keep calling yourself a Christian nation when you refuse to deny yourself. Now, this would get me in trouble if I did polit- if I ever ran for political office, because I was talking to Teresa earlier this week about the migrate, uh, the illegal migration. Illegal migration, the migrant problem that we have at the border. Well, people are going to always come to this border. They're going to keep coming to this border because they, they recognize in their country, they don't have the resources. They don't have access to certain things. They may be unsafe. They're going to die if they stay in their country, uh, or the chances of them dying is greater uh, if they stayed in their country than if they tried to cross the border because America is supposed to be this land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land to so many other people. And because we actually promote humanitarianism across the world, and we then judge other countries for their inhumane treatment of people, they say, even if I cross the border, I'm not going to get killed. I've got a chance. I've got at least a chance of sneaking into the U.S., and and making a life for myself so they people are desiring a better life for themselves and are desperate to be able to do it and the only way that we'll be able to stop that is by forsaking our commitment to humanitarianism well the problem is is that um there's too much suffering going on in the world and unless you can alleviate the suffering in those other countries then they're always going to be seeking a better place and the United States is a good opportunity for it because we, we're we not going to punish them when they cross the board. I mean, we're not going to kill them for crossing the border, unless, of course, you put some barbed wire, some razor wire along the, along the banks or something like that. And then people will call that inhumane. You get criticized for that. So what will what happen is, what, what could easily happen is that there is enough money in this world that no person of the 7 billion people on this world should go without need. So what's the problem? The problem is is that we got too many people that are selfishly hoarding the money. And that was a problem that has existed uh from the beginning of time almost. And that's why you see for so many scriptures that talk about what God is telling us how we should be treating the poor. And in order to treat the in order to treat the poor that way, it means that we have to deny ourselves. The rich man that came up to Jesus and said, Listen, I've kept the law all my life. I followed all of the laws and everything. And Jesus said, well if you want to follow me, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and then you can then you'll come into my kingdom. But he didn't want, well, he walked away. The man watched me like, nah, I ain't giving him my money. <laughs> I ain't giving. And that's the problem is that people just aren't giving up the money. If well,
1: we- I say that is a problem, but I would also say, I'm not knocking selfish in general. Because again, like I'm not suggesting that you do put yourself in a position of destitution so that you can say that you've helped out a homeless person or someone who, ha- who had a lesser need. I'm not suggesting that. Um, now, again- But I know we've got our Christian philosophy and the American philosophy, but I don't think America is suggesting that, hey, we go into this insurmountable debt, which is where we are, though, insurmountable debt for the purpose of helping other countries. To me, the problem is when you are so selfish that it is to the detriment of others, that when you are purposely, it is your intent to oppress someone else, to elevate yourself. That to me is when the line has been
0: crossed. Whoever has the intent to oppress somebody else, well, I'll take that back. Well, <laughs> never mind, never mind. Yeah, we got about 200. we got a 250 plus years history of telling, <laughs> telling that right now. But nobody
1: articulates for that history lesson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nobody articulates, let me say nobody articulates it as such. Because the reality of it is, is that when you embellish yourself, you impress another, you oppress another person. And, and maybe you're not directly oppressing them, but you're passively oppressing them because your embellishment, your your indulgence basically is above and beyond what you need. That means it's something that could have been given to other people who actually have a greater need. Now, people criticize me and say, Mark, well, why aren't you doing that? Well, to some extent, I really am uh, because I stay... <laughs> I stay in business it's to keep horn, other people employed.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying.
0: I'm, no, I'm just saying. I'm just silencing the critics and be like, well, why don't you go? Because people have criticized. Well, why don't you give all your money to everybody? I pretty much do. <laughs> I pretty much give all my money away to my employees because I don't get in it, really.
1: Hey, you but, been. A- from
0: their employment. <laughs> I benefit, well, I don't, I'm not benefiting much. I could benefit plenty of <laughs> other ways. I, plenty, I could go someplace else and benefit much more. But the point that I'm making is that either we're going to be a Christian nation or we're not. If you're going to claim to be a Christian nation, be that. Then that means leave, the, the Bible tells us, it says, when you glean your fields, leave some, don't reap it all, leave some for the poor, and for the foreigners who come into your land so that when they come in, they can eat something. But you don't want to practice that. You want to put up walls and wire, uh, razor wire and everything to prevent the foreigner from coming into your land and grazing. I'm of the belief that if we are true believers, if we were truly a Christian nation and we followed after the precepts of God, that God will make provision for it. There's, I'm reminded of the story in the Bible where where God told, I think it was Elijah or Elisha, one of the two. He told the prophets, he said, "Go to Zarephath because I've already prepared a widow woman there for you to provide for you." It was in the middle of a famine, and this woman had, you know, only one vat of oil and, and a few and some flour left. She had in her mind, she said, "I've got me, I'm about to go in and make this cake here for my son and me." And this is all we have left and we're going to eat it and we're going to die. That was her plan because she was so poor and so destitute. But when the prophet got there, he told her, go and make an oil for me. Go and make some food for me because God says you're supposed to be providing for me. And she had a choice at that moment. She's like, wait a minute. This is the last thing I have. I'm going to give you the last that I have to to my own detriment uh, to feed you the prophet. Well, when she did that out of obedience, God made sure that her barrels never wasted. She had more and more oil, more and everything. So God is the one who's our provision. So if we really were a Christian nation following after God's precepts, we would understand that God is our provision and that our provision would not extinguish as long as we're doing the will of God. And if it did seem to extinguish, then God still has another plan for us. But the problem is, is that we're not a christian nation we are a nation that is governed by the constitution and so as a result we need to have a constitutional uh policy or we need to the congress needs to write some laws that says okay well this is what we're going to do when people cross the border illegally so shut up on that whole we are christian nation we're not christian <laughs> nation because we're not doing what god told us to do
1: Well, and because we are not a Christian nation, and this may be a topic for another day, I think we also recognize that God is not trying to preserve us so that we can enjoy earth. I I think for the most part that God is testing us to ensure our eternal life is okay, but he's not necessarily concerned about the enjoyment that you have here on earth. And because of that, again, we we talked about that immediate gratification, but because of that, we're concerned about our enjoyment of Earth. We're concerned about making sure whatever work we put in that we're getting a benefit out of it. We're concerned about ensuring that, hey, I have the ability to have a nice house, even if right now I can't do that. Or I have the ability to be um, wealthy or to pass wealth down to my kids, even if I my parents weren't able to do that for me now. And that to me is, again, that's the American way. That by American standards, that's not an issue. Um, But again, by American standards, it becomes an issue if you get into the way of someone else, if you try to defraud someone else or oppress someone else. And that to me is what Donald Trump did when it came to the investment of his properties. You're telling investors, hey, this is how much the value is when you know that that is wrong for the purpose of getting more money on your investment to do something else. And that to me is where America says, no, you crossed the line now. Christian-wise, again, I just think we're just like, this isn't a Christian nation, and I at least want to have some enjoyment while I'm here on earth. Good or bad, you've made it clear, the scripture says that it's bad. <laughs> get rid of that flower, <laughs> get rid of your plans, but that is hard to do, That, and I think we recognize or empathize with how difficult that is to do here in this society.
0: Well, here's the end result of our selfishness is... Self-destruction of mankind, um, even and it's wow, you know, Mark, you always gotta go Debbie Downer on <laughs> us, don't you? But I don't know how else <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to an end, y'all. Get ready, get ready. <laughs> okay. But I think God knew that God knew that when He created man, that, that man would be so selfish, and He gives us the plan to say, Hey, this is how you avoid utter destruction of yourselves. It's to care for those poor, care for the poor. And I mean, he reiterated over and over and over. There are so many scriptures in the Bible that talks about you have to care for the poor. And he said, the poor will always be among you. And, um, but we don't ever listen to that. And I think that's going to be the 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 the, down, the downfall of humanity is our inability to get to deny ourselves to care for people who are less fortunate than we are even the uh the looting that went on in Philadelphia this uh past week i think i heard her say on on her social media she was like you know when she was live streaming she said we all got to eat we all got to eat and i'm sitting there thinking like is that what really motivates it and it very well, might, very well may be, if it's not what motivated her action in this moment, there will come a time when that will motivate people. Because when you look at your baby over there starving because you don't have the money to buy them food, you're going to do everything within your within your ability to secure food and provision for them. And it may not even have to get to that level of destitution for you or desperation for you. In fact, all you have to do is start saying, look, this is this ain't right, you know. I think one of the comments they made there, they said, you know, I know we we know we shouldn't be destroying our own property, but that's the only way that they listen. And so some people will not wait till, the, till they get to the point of being desperate where they have to do something like that. They'll say I'll be a little bit more preemptive. And so what I'll do is I will I, I don't have any I don't have any guilt or shame about going out and committing these crimes against people who have been exploiting me, who have been utilizing my service, getting richer and richer, richer off of my service all of these years. I don't have any problem going in and grabbing something back from them because I feel like I earned it. The UAW, they've been striking this past week, you know, and and I hear people criticize unions and everything. Well, the unions, the the reason why they exist is because corporate leaders and and the wealthy would exploit them if you didn't have some collective bargaining power. So they say, yeah, I don't mind shutting down a whole bunch of other stuff if I want to force those people who have the power to be able to be a little bit more altruistic instead of hoarding all of the benefits them for themselves. Which so that's I think, all,
1: you know, I, I go back and forth with unions just because I'm like uh, the laws are you you got to me, work with minimum wage, work with making sure healthcare gives is accessible, work with making sure that their um the the location has safety requirements. I mean, all that is, is available and in place without the need of a union. But now I, I'm not saying that the unions are useless because again, hey, they're there for you, they're legal, use them. <laughs> But I am saying, back to one of the points you said, I think we see ourselves as destitute when in reality there are resources there. You just don't like the fact that, hey, I have to reach out and ask for someone for help. Or I have to actually go look and find and work to get access to those resources.
0: Yeah, Uh, I don't know. and, And again, with the whole issue about unions, though, it's implemented. And I mean, it is created and implemented by humans, and so anything that's done that can't be exploited. So yes, it will have its bad impacts, but uh, and it will have its, you know, and not just what's
1: happening now is a bad impact. I think we all we saw how under Obama's administration that the auto industry got bailed out, and so to some degree, it's like, well, hey. if those workers aren't seeing the benefits of that bailout, I'm not knocking them for the, end of the day. <laughs> we we want um better wages. We saw what happened with UPS. I'm not sure if now drivers can make six figures, but that is now what's being <laughs> allotted on social media that UPS worked at a deal, and with a lot of their entry-level positions are caught up with the cost of living. Again, not seeing any issue with that. It is available for you, definitely use it. I'm just also not saying that unions can have their selfish tendencies as well.
0: (laughs) No no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And and I will concede on that because, again, it's all implemented by humans. And uh, but we start looking at even the bailout in 2017 with uh, with the tax cuts that Donald Trump implemented when he gave all these big corporations this three trillion dollar tax cut. What did they do with it? They didn't pass that on the the whole trickle down economics thing that the Republicans have been banging their hanging their hat on for since Reagan, this trickle down economics it doesn't work because if you give the the rich people money, they're going to keep taking more money, find ways <laughs> <laughs> You're like okay, I'll take it. And so what the they do? is
1: bonuses they, for execs. We just
0: yeah, bonuses for, and then corporate <laughs> buybacks. What did they do? They bought back their stocks. Why to make their stock value go up even higher. And so <laughs> this is the this is the problem with humanity the problem with humanity is that me, my, and I mentality that we just can't get beyond. And if we could ever get beyond it, we would fix problems like world hunger. We would fix problems like unemployment. We would have, we wouldn't have this issue of an immigration problem. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have the looting and everything because everybody's needs would be taken care of. It was, um, in the book of Acts it always talks about you know when when in the early church, what happened was everybody came together, they gave all their goods, and they had all things in common. And so when you start saying words like that, people start saying, "Oh my God, that's socialism and communism and everything. No, it's Christianism. It's christianism <laughs> to make sure that that you have all things that nobody goes without. That is our charge as Christians. That is the charge
1: as Christians. But again, like if everyone really just took care of themselves, do you really feel like we would be where we are? Because I, again, my thing is, it is the fact that you are trying to oppress people to elevate yourself. That is the American problem. I mean, when you're even looking at uh, monopolies, which, you know, those are being legislated. That's why, of course, there was a whole issue to where the AT and T could buy Time Warner. The fear is, hey, it prevents other people from using a, a source or a service that is clearly able to generate money um, for their benefit in their communities. Now they have to rely on this one individual who continues, or this one monopoly, or this one entity who is buying out everyone left and right, or having their resources at such a low cost that it is removing other people's ability to then use the same service to help their communities. And so that to me is what the American problem is. It's not so much that this an I mentality as it is so much as a, hey, hey I got to bring you down to elevate myself mentality. Or so I, can be the, I have to be the only one who can walk in a room and command the attention. So I have to dim your light so that my light shines even brighter.
0: I, I, I think that that's the consequence. I don't know that that's necessarily the motive. The consequence is, a lot of times, when we when we aspire to be all-encompassing, to own everything, to be sovereign, that's what we're seeking, sovereignty, basically. When we seek sovereignty, that means the consequence of our sovereignty is that somebody is going to be subjugated. I can't be sovereign if I don't have any <laughs> subjugates.
1: But if it's that, hey, I'm going to drag you from Africa and force you into this place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a literal. I am going to oppress you so that I can get what I want, and that to me is where the American capitalism problem is.
0: That's where it started, and it, and yet, guess what? it continues it continues <laughs> to this day and uh i i wish we had a i wish we had a solution to this selfishness problem we do have a solution the problem is is that we're just not willing to do we're just like that rich man when jesus said sell it all give it to the poor we're just like him we walk away with our head hung down and says i'm not going to do it <laughs> I said, I'll just, I'll just carry on with my I riches. my
1: heart. That's what we're saying. You know my heart.
0: <laughs> he knows my heart. That's the problem is that he knows it. <laughs> what you don't, what the problem is that you haven't quite recognized it yet. That heart like that is not getting you into heaven. So
1: <laughs> well, good. as always, we appreciate you guys commenting and tuning in as we sit here and talk about the various events of the world, as well as the trials and tribulations in hopes that we can save at least this temporary moment that we have here on earth. Um, If you have not liked or if you've not followed us on your favorite podcast platform or even on YouTube, we encourage you to please go and do that. We are here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can also catch a repeat of this episode on Star Radio. And you can go back and listen to all of our other episodes, not only on your favorite podcast platform, but right here on Facebook. So thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next Saturday
0: this has been another episode of the roundtable consult listen to this or other episodes at your convenience on your favorite podcast directory or listening app or catch us live every saturday morning 10 a.m central standard time 11 a.m eastern at facebook.com forward slash roundtable consult tune in live and join the conversation